Hello and welcome to my show, Could You Be More Specific? I'm your host, Jonathan Steele, coming to you by the way of the Stay Woke Podcast. And on this episode of Could You Be More Specific, I'm titling Altered Reality. And what I'm going to touch on is uh, what's been going on in the news with Omarosa and some of the leaked tapes that she's had uh, in regards to the White House and just the way her perception is at this moment and how it kind of it, it fits overall with the narrative that she's always been. And I'm also going to touch on the recent premiere with Insecure. I'm a huge fan of that show. And I want to just address some of the uh, themes of the first episode. I don't want to give away too much, but I'm going to start with Omarosa. Now, I know she's in the news uh, lately because she's been dropping some uh, secret recordings in regards to the Trump administration. I know she has a book that she's looking to be promoting. And uh, it's kind of interesting overall with Omarosa because if you remember her from The Apprentice, she's always kind of behaved and kind of carried herself like someone that was, you know, really, you know, her her self-interest is always, you know, paramount. And I know she felt at the time when the show first came out, they were just portraying her to be a certain way, but she actually does fit the the narrative what she's always been and that's kind of someone that's you know very like conniving and would sell her soul and you know would backstab many people if it meant that she would be successful now is that a trait that we haven't heard of with other people no it's interesting with her mainly because a lot of her career and a lot of what we've known her for has been tied to to now president donald trump so uh it is interesting now to see how you know on you know some of the things she's been saying about him and the administration and even if some of the things that she's saying is true you know the message and who the messenger is does have a lot to do with how how people are going to receive it for her in particular you know just a handful of years ago she was campaigning for him to be president and you know she was exp- you know specifically you know letting black people know like hey you know he's your president He's going to do all these things for you. And, you know, she was very, you know, pro-Trump at the time. So when she went to the White House and things started to kind of unravel at that point, then she kind of ended up, like a lot of people would try and save herself, but then uh, she was kind of like, you know, thrown thrown out, which I don't know why she, she was so surprised by that. And that's another thing, especially in our community, I think that we're, we're very forgiving of people who who not just let us down, but kind of can turn their back on us overall. And when they're thrown out, you know, the majority of us tend to usually welcome them back with open arms. Unless it's some people that are just a little bit too far gone. A lot of times that doesn't happen. You know, you don't hear anybody black advocating for OJ at this moment, for an example. And even with that case, I mean, there's still a lot of things to it that... From a national media standpoint, they really don't talk about, even with some of the factors in it. I know they did a show about it, but just overall, it's a lot more to it. Clouds that narrative on on how especially the black community feels about OJ. But um, with Omarosa in particular, she's always had that. She's always had an orator that just it never came across as as genuine. And, And I think for for a lot of people who get her who wanted to give her a chance especially several years ago i know she was uh when she was with michael clark duncan at the time and he unfortunately passed away i know it was a lot of news stories going on about you know how things kind of unfolded between his family and 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 
the, the issues revolving around her and, and, and his health and his passing at that time. So obviously I don't know every detail about that. I know he's had people close to him kind of make comments about that, but just, if you look at her, just as a, on the surface of who she is as a person, she's always had this narrative about her. That's been very kind of self-centered and somewhat delusional in a lot of ways. Again, you know, it's like a lot of people's probably more to her. If, if you, if you knew her privately, if you, if you had the chance to get to know her, there's definitely people who I, me personally, who I would love to meet and talk with a lot of them who, a lot of whom who I don't necessarily agree with or get along with, but I could see myself having a, a, a genuine conversation with them where I think it can lead to somewhere. I don't really look at Omarosa like that. And, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of fascinating to see how long her, her attention in terms of the public has kind of been able to stay this course since the apprentice show. But um, I'm pretty sure we're going to hear some more things coming out with the white house. I know Donald Trump in the tweet that he put out about her kind of came across as like, she was an affirmative action hire and referred to her as a dog. And I know it was a pretty big, you know, uproar about that. You know, I was just thinking like, well, what would you expect? It goes back to the same thing with Azalea Banks. It's like, you know, if, you, if you're going to put down other black people and you're pumping up someone else who happens to be white and you're saying that they're better and you, and you make it a racial argument. Well, if you're then thrown to the wolves or you're thrown, thrown away, you expect black people to then come in and scoop you up. I, I, I just I don't understand it, that mindset. But and it kind of goes on to the heels of similar what we I've touched on previous pods, even with President Trump, even uh, talking about unemployment. Black unemployment being low, it's like, well, if you combine a staggered economy with bills that were previously passed, at least to why certain job measures are going into effect now, it comes across like it's your economy, but it wasn't. A lot of those measures were taken years beforehand. And then, too, a lot of black people have left the job market. So they're not filing for unemployment claims, contrary to popular belief, even though, you know, actually more white people are on unemployment and welfare. And that's just based off numbers, if you look at the, the population, that's obviously going to be there. But uh, those are some of the things I want to touch on with uh, Omarosa. I'll definitely kind of keep an ear out for her. She's someone that, you know, when I hear a story about her, I definitely look at it and I, and I definitely will be as fair as I am, as I possibly can be based off the information I look at with her. But everything with her from a news story, like she has another recording that's coming out. And I think they said it's another recording that's coming out after that. So I may end up doing a follow-up on that, but I actually want to now transition over to talking about Insecure. I was really happy to see that the show came back this past Sunday. It was a really great first episode. I'm not going to give away the whole thing. I'm pretty sure a lot of people saw it, but I definitely just want to kind of touch on certain aspects of the show that um, resonated with me. And uh, it was it was really interesting to see Issa, for example, being at, at uh, Daniel's place and living with him. And how that's going to work, especially since they started off as friends and then they ended up, uh, you know, sleeping with each other. And then that kind of clouds it. And then if you look at the way things ended with them on the first season, it kind of did come across like she didn't really value their friendship as much. That's why it kind of made a lot of it kind of made a lot of sense why Daniel kind of was responding to her the way he was responding to her, especially in his first episodes, because when you guys had a chance to possibly be something you reduced him to he was an itch that you wanted to scratch. I got to give Issa Rae a lot of credit for the way she handles a lot of the black men on the show. Because usually, stereotypically, uh, most shows have black men flip out all the time. 
and a lot of us don't uh, is that element still there it is for sure and there's definitely some some guys that are in our community that definitely fit a lot of times the narrative that is portrayed but what I've always liked about our show is that even when some of the guys are done wrong, their responses to how they handle it is really good. And with Daniel, I really, I really have always kind of liked him and I, it makes sense why he's still on the show. I know there's a lot of fans of Lawrence who were kind of upset, but I definitely get where uh, Issa was coming from. Cause if you look at how the last season ended with when they were doing the 30 days of, you know, Molly and the 30 days of Issa and the 30 days of Lawrence. It made sense. It kind of completes his story. And, you know, he was a, a huge part of her, you know, or like especially in her mid to late 20s and them being together for the time period that we're at. But who knows? He could probably end up being back on the show at a later point. But I think from a storytelling standpoint, that definitely makes sense that they tied him up. It is going to be interesting seeing how in future episodes on how, Issa and Daniel are able to still be together in terms of, you know, a friendship, because especially since it's looking like she's going to have to find her another place to live, which I know some people really uh, were talking about the whole idea of him having a girl over and sleeping with her. And like, what does that do? And it's just, I don't know, like, you know, if you're staying in someone else's place and then you don't pay rent there and you're sleeping on their couch, you can't really then dictate to them what they can and cannot do, especially in their bedroom. So would a heads up be a good thing? Yeah. You know, that that would imply like you guys are, are on good terms. But if you look at how the second season ends when she goes to his place, you know, and she's like, hey, I'm sleeping on the couch. And he says, I know. It was like she's staying there, but it's like an uncomfortable she's staying there. And it's you know, it's definitely issues that they hadn't hashed out, but that's a, a storyline that I'm looking forward to seeing more of. Molly is someone I've always kind of like love and admire because to me, I think Molly embodies a lot of successful black women where everything about them and you've seen those type of women where they seem like everything is just going well for them. And if you didn't know them personally, you would just think like, man, everything is just so great. But then if you had the chance to see inside their personal life, it's not as always clean cut like a lot of us it's not so and it's kind of interesting to see on how she's with her friend because see both her and Issa are in the same similar boat they've they're kind of you know involved in somewhat of a relationship with someone that they were friends with first before they ended up sleeping with them and that kind of ends up clouding that and um what was interesting about Molly was when they showed her and Dro together I thought it was interesting he answered the phone and he tells his wife Candace that well, I'm at Molly's because I know that was a big thing. They were saying like, hey, was he really in an open relationship? Because it, it seemed like uh, maybe he was hiding that, especially because they been like slept together, not slept together, but they had sex in a bathroom at Derek's party. And then when he tells her to kind of hang back, which I kind of saw where he was coming from, because like you guys just don't want to like out in the open walk out like that, because just because you two know that doesn't mean everyone else at that dinner table needs to know that. So, I mean, I know some people thought that, that that was like a clue that maybe he was lying about it. But you got confirmation on that on, on this past episode that apparently she does know about it. It's kind of interesting because when you look at Molly from before, she was so hard on her mom and ha what happened with her father and him stepping out on her. So, you know, she you would have thought she would have kind of, you know, been of the mindset that she didn't want to participate in that. But it just shows you like the moment you say you don't want to do something, you will usually end up doing it. So sometimes you just kind of want to withhold judgment until further notice a lot of the time. 
And what's also fascinating about Molly is that she's had in back-to-back seasons two guys that it would seem like she could have been with at the time, but it just, for whatever reason, it just didn't work out. And if you saw, it was on the first season with the guy who worked at Enterprise. And when, of course, you know, the the thing he mentioned to her was that, you know, he messed around with a guy in college. Even though he said it happened one time, it was still like, in her mind, she was never going to be able to get that out. And because that's something that just... For a lot of women who are with men, like a lot of guys just can't broadcast that, you know, whether that happens in a college scenario, even down to guys who are, you know, abused as children as extreme that as that sounds. It's like as a man, you just can't admit that, you, that you've had any contact with men in that in that fashion if you want to have a relationship work. So so it's kind of going to be really interesting to see on how that goes. Of course, one of the funniest parts was also when. Issa was doing a left ride, and that one dude beat up the other guy and then ran left and left her a $50 tip, which I think you're going to probably be seeing more of him. But, uh, it was a great premiere episode. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, future episodes as the season goes on. I want to thank you guys for listening to the show. Definitely continue to like, share, and follow our pod. Definitely want to thank Dean all the work that he's been doing. Definitely support us. Become a patron. I'm looking forward to doing future more episodes. Going forward, again, my name is Jonathan Steele. Thank you for listening to my show. Could you be more specific? I'm looking forward to talking to you guys real soon. I hope you guys have a good one.